0: The following marketing information and discussion is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as professional guidance or consultancy. You should find an agency for that. Comexis is a digital marketing agency, so feel free to hire us. But otherwise, just enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Buyer's Journey by Comexis, a discussion-based podcast on the ever-changing marketing landscape that affects how your customers and clients purchase, ultimately optimizing your marketing efforts. I'm Matthew McGordy, the social media content producer here at Comexus. I am Len Ward, the managing partner at Comexus. And I'm Josh Lyons, the digital marketing coordinator here at Comexus. So today is Monday, and on Mondays we talk about the awareness stage of the buyer's journey. For those of you who need a refresher, the awareness stage is when a potential client or a a potential customer is becoming aware of either a problem that they're having where they will need to go and find a solution or they're becoming aware of your product for the first time and that's kind of nudging them to realize that maybe they need your product to solve a problem they didn't know they had. So today, uh, specifically, we're looking at the US Parents 2009 eMarketer report that just came out a few days ago. It is a massive, I think it's about 30 pages or so report. Very good, definitely check it out. It'll be a link in the blog description. Um, and it's all about Parents' use of social media, how they feel about their kids using social media, and some other things like that. And obviously, in the awareness stage, social media can play uh, a big aspect. So, Lynn, could you just talk very briefly about um, how important social media can be to the awareness stage of the buyer's journey?
2: It's, well, to me, it's the single most important platform of the awareness stage in any form of advertising out there. I don't think, not TV, not radio, not billboards not anything has the weight uh, nor the return on investment that a social media platform would have. Return on investment is a little bit of a kind of a hairy question there because you don't really get a return on investment anywhere in a stage. You you do get it, but it's more your return on investment you truly see in the purchase stage. Um, But to me, between mobile, or I'm sorry, between video and between static images or whatever it may be, social media is the
1: absolute
2: king right now. Uh, when it comes to the awareness stage in the digital marketing world.
1: All right. So this article had a lot of main summary points. Uh, we're going to be talking about three of them in particular. It's a 30-page report. We don't have the time, and I'm sure you guys don't want to listen to uh, us talk about it for an hour or so. Um, so we're going to go through the three sort of main summary points that we thought were most relevant for the awareness stage. Um, so the first is the question, what's at the core of parents' digital usage? Uh, the summary there is that Nearly all parents are using their smartphones, as you would expect. Many check messages as soon as they are awake. Uh, After kids are asleep, many use their phones in bed for purposes ranging from viewing videos, purchasing products, going on social media, etc. And a lot of the times, uh, the main social media usage is being done by mothers. So here's, we, we, we have some nice charts in front of us, and they will also be on the blog post. So when we look at U.S. parent mobile users who conduct select activities on their device while in bed every night. 58% of fathers and 57% of mothers browse social media. Uh, 39% of fathers read the news or other written content, only 29% of mothers do that. Uh, 31 and 33% of fathers and mothers respectively play mobile games, and 31% of fathers and 25% of mothers watch videos. Um, So you have a a massive amount of that percentage just browsing social media, as one might expect. And then we have, what devices do U.S. fathers and mothers use regularly? Smartphone um, is one of the highest, 97% of fathers, 95% of mothers. TV is then the second highest at 87 and 80, respectively. The laptop comes in at 65 and 68, respectively. Then tablets and desktops, and then some other limited feature mobile device when internet access is not available. And then another final chart. Uh, What do U.S. mothers and fathers do after their children go to bed? Watch TV or a movie is one of the top percentages for both mothers and fathers, 81% and 76%, with using social media coming in at 71% and 60%. So, Len, I know we talked about um, recently um, that the number after children go to bed was not surprisingly high, but high enough to make running ads during that time in particular something that we could possibly do for some clients what do you think about that
2: yeah i found that interesting i found that using social media after kids go to bed you know and that that's kind of a skewed number because some of the kids go to bed if you have an infant that, you know yeah. or a toddler you know for me my children are you know a little older so use social media mothers are at 71 percent. fathers are at 60 percent. it's interesting so it does Lead, I'd like to know the metrics of how often they're using social media at night opposed to at work and you know during the day, but it would have you believe that if you are a B2C product and you're looking to put it on social media and the awareness stage, which you should be, uh, you might want to test a campaign that runs from, say, 8 o'clock at night to 11 o'clock at night, uh, especially if it's skewed more towards the female mother demographic. I find that to be an interesting number. The, the other one I thought was interesting, and I'm just kind of jumping around. No, is- go for it is the first this is what we've long been saying gaming video gaming watching video gaming and the entire gaming industry is a absolute volcano ready to explode i just don't know when but i find it funny that this supports yet another statistic that a lot of people don't know the fastest growing demographic in the gaming industry is female not male and this right here is showing you on the first stat is telling us what U.S. parents' mobiles are doing while in bed every night, and women are leading the way at 33%. Mm That's just, I know a lot of people immediately go to gaming as like a male-dominated industry. It is not a male-dominated industry. And if it was a male-dominated industry, it's pulling back more and more. It's just, this report is tremendous because it's really kind of opened up your eyes and looking at various different things. I mean, the entire, in a nutshell, you got to be advertising on social media. You have to be there. It's where mom, it's where dad is. But don't discount running maybe some ads on certain types of game platforms Especially if you're targeting a mom, because she's in there and she's playing some of these games. And if you think some of these moms aren't grabbing the controller and playing Fortnite once in a while, and some, yes, maybe even looking at like an
1: Overwatch, don't discount it, because they are. So I found it interesting. Yeah, there was a stat that came out, I believe it might have been a year or two ago, that talked about how um, when you average how many people are gamers in the broad sense, because there's tons of people who would not even think of themselves as a gamer, um, but that 51% were women, and that's because when you look at all games that get yeah, played... Like old school Candy Crush, all yeah, that stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. that, that, that counts, yeah. yeah. right, they all count. Um, so even though it, there's the perspective that um, gaming, the gaming industry as a whole tends to be more male-focused, it, you should not discount female viewership on things like Twitch, female um, player bases and, and things like that, because um, women are out there and they're they're playing all kinds of different games. Um, I wish I had an in-app advertising statistic, because I, I found one the other day that I can't remember. but about It was about in-app advertising yeah. and how likely people... We actually talked about it, and how likely people are to... Uh, to watch it in that bads. It's. I think the
2: the thing about this is that the report and what we're trying to talk about, and obviously this is an awareness campaign. It's that, you know, it's as the as the demographic who's grown up with games. And I know we're kind of now we're on a game thing, but as it's growing up and as the females and the males obviously are growing up and now having children, these are kids who historically have had games around their whole lives. I'm probably the first generation to truly say between ColecoVision and all that, it's always been something around, but not at the accessibility that people have right now, obviously with things online. But now you're beginning to think about marketing in a whole different level. Like they're, they're interpreting their, their entertainment in a vastly different way. Yes, you're looking at social media, but yes, you're looking at gaming and so forth. So I just find this report, how mom and dad are interacting, very interesting because you would think right away, the heads at Madison Ave, okay, we got a brand new product and we're targeting 10-year-old kids. we got to hit mom. Bam, we got to get commercials on certain sitcoms at night. They're not watching your sitcoms at night anymore. Fewer and fewer people are. But if you get that ad in on a gaming app, if you get that ad in on a social media uh, platform or even potentially on like a Hulu or on-demand type video, that is where they are. And I really believe that the actual world is still really, really behind when it comes to how to market mom and dad right now. I really believe that.
1: Yeah, uh, Josh, what do you think about these numbers before we go on to, uh, and, and this is for any of the charts we've mm. talked about, before we go on to the, the next little portion? Yeah, well, I mean, you guys
0: both sort of handled most of what I was gonna say, but that's okay, because I, I agree I stole with- Stole your you. thunder, sorry. Yeah, God. no, it's okay. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with most of it. The the one thing I did find interesting was I sort of painted a picture of like, you know, what are my mom and my dad doing when they, you know, I'm up late, but like I know what they're doing when, when they're laying around in bed before they go to sleep. And when you go to the one where What devices do fathers and mothers use regularly? So obviously they both have a phone that they're on all the time. But what's interesting is that my mom keeps her phone plugged in next to her uh, dresser on her bed. And my dad actually keeps his phone down the hall in his office plugged in. And he has his own tablet that he sits on his, like on the bed playing like Scrabble and all these other games, scrolling through social media, which shows on here that the fathers are 59% on tablets and the mothers are 52%. So I thought that was interesting. I go, Oh wow. That really jumps into where, you know, my mom and mom, my mom and dad are in terms of, uh, of devices. Yeah. And then when I go over to the, you know, what do us mothers and fathers do uh, before their children go to bed? It's sort of the same idea where they'll both sit in bed and watch a movie or like watch like a TV show as they're um, as they're going to sleep, but at the same time they're just like anyone's doing when they're watching TV, watching a game, watching anything. They're scrolling using social media that hits the first two. Sometimes because my mom's a talker, she'll be doing all three at once, where she'll have the phone on speaker, scrolling social media, and watching TV all at once, and that hits the top three. So it's it's not even like. <laughs> it's not even like you're you're just hitting one. It they do like all three at the same time, and they happen to be the top three on the charts. Mm-hmm. So it, it just looking at my personal life and just seeing how that runs, it hits spot on. And I can only imagine that it 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 pretty much correlates on almost every single family like across the U.S. and across the world when it comes to how they use their phones and and what their platforms they are and, and what tablets they
1: use and. It's re- It was just really cool how spot on it was to yeah. my family, yeah, I mean I, I think these are these are solid numbers. I mean, I think about my mom, I still live at home, and she's on her phone all the time. I mean it's her her main thing. she doesn't like tablets. she's tried them before but get her on her phone, My dad something loves she's used tablet. to. There you go. He loves it. Um, so now we're going to move on to the, the next um, phase, which is how parents feel about their kids' digital usage. Len, you're the only person in this room that has kids. Uh, how do you feel about your kids' digital usage?
2: <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm one of the people in the camps where I don't – we're never going back. We're never going back to the days of not having – you know the phone and not having the tablet or the computer those days are done i don 't necessarily i don 't mind my kids being on there and i don 't even mind them being on there for a large amount of time because I think if you if you limit and hinder your children on those types of things, and I understand why parents would do that. The problem is is that this is the way they were born this is this is a complete way of their everyday life. And I think for you to try to pull that away and say, well, you're only going to be on the phone maybe 30 minutes a day, that's completely your prerogative. I totally understand why you're doing that. But you are putting these children at a bit of a disadvantage going forward. I believe that my generation's gap compared to the generation of my children is probably or maybe even my parents' generation is the biggest gap we've almost have ever seen in the history of man. And I know that's a really big statement, but the way kids interact right now the way they digest content right now the way they react so quickly is unlike anything the world has ever seen and it's in such a short amount of time they can digest something in a two-minute video that would have potentially taken my generation three months in a classroom to learn it is a frightening frightening aspect as to where it's going that's why I don't really mind my children kind of that's the way it is and that's the way life goes. Now, with that all being said, I do think there should be a time when children should step back and not be about screen. They should be not be afraid to look at somebody in the white of the eyes, have a conversation and realize that, yeah, there is life you know outside of a black screen. But I do think that holding them back from that and saying you can't do it, that's just not my personal parental preference. Um, but I know that some of these parents here, if you look at some of these stats, this was a major concern for them.
1: Yeah, there was a um, U.S. parent internet users' attitudes towards screen time for their children, June 2018. 76% of respondents of who are parents say their kids engage in more screen time than they'd like. 73% of parents also schedule activities for their kids to minimize screen time. And 50% of parents say their kids are likely to engage in screen time on their own when they have an hour of free time. And this was um, parents who have children ages 12 and under. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there definitely is a, a large amount of parents who think that kids are engaging in a lot more screen time than they should. I think on one hand, like I, when I look at, for example, my nieces, you know, my nieces both do use technology a lot. I mean, my, my one niece is 16. So, of course, she's on her phone all the time. But even my eight-year-old niece is, you know, on a tablet watching Netflix or something. But simultaneously, like my sister has them super busy doing all these different activities. My uh, 16-year-old niece has like two jobs. My little nieces and like all these different activities. So I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's like, you know, yes, they're on their phone a lot, but there's tons of different times when they're not on their phone and they're doing something that's actually proactive and it's just sort of... Balancing that, I don't know. I'm not a parent. No, I think I think,
2: <laughs> I think the problem is I wasn't. You know, when I said this, I probably wasn't clarifying what I was trying to say. My generation longs for like when you didn't have the phone. You went outside. You did things like we're. I'm the true last. Gen X generation before the mobile phone was there. And
0: we were sort of the intermediary part where I remember where after school I'm immediately going outside and playing with my neighbors and then like after we spent time outside we would then go in and like after dinner per se there might be a game online like an Xbox game to go on and play but the first mindset was still get home from school. Go play outside with your friends in the yard, and then go in and play games. Where nowadays it's probably you get home, and the first thing they want to do is jump downstairs to do a tablet or. or well, a th- well, device. no, it's so completely
1: different, to be honest. Real, oh, yeah. really?
2: I'll take it a step further. They're not doing that. They're already doing that during the day. Right. It's no longer about finding time to do this. And I think, I think the, the problem is, is that. And this and this definitely falls into, like, a marketing perspective as to how to – because this is Gen Z, and you're beginning to learn, like, okay, how do we market to Gen Z? Like, what what do we have to do to get there? So the parents – these parents are parents of kids 12 years old. They're falling into my wheelhouse. They're my age. So they're looking for, like what you said, coming home from school. And, do, and, I, and I agree with that. Like, my son will run out, play basketball, play football and all that. But – his mentality is still, they're digital, they're digital. this is what they do in their lives, mm-hmm. and that's never going to go away. So, yeah, it's, it's, it truly is, you know, when it, it really is kind of like a time, even my generation, if my great aunt and uncles would say, well, you should do this and do that and get away from the TV and all that. It's just, it's just, it's just accumulation of events that's happened right. throughout the history, man. We're never going away, and I'm telling you right now, by the time this generation gets into the workforce, they're going to kill us all.
1: We're all done <laughs> because they are so far ahead of us, it's it's, it's mind-boggling. B- before we move on to the next point, the one thing I do want to point out is that when we look at habits of teens versus parents, when we talk about attitudes towards their mobile phone, which is a chart I will also include in the blog, uh, when we look at things like check phone for messages as soon as they wake up, 72% of teens do that and 57% of parents do that. Um, I suppose the next spend too much time on their phone is you internally thinking you spent too much time on your phone? I'm guessing that's what that question was. 54% of teens believe they spent too much time on their phone, and 36% uh, believed uh, that they were spending too much time on their phone. And then when we look at feel their parent and or teen is distracted by their phone when having in-person conversations, 51% of teens felt that their parent was distracted by their phone, and then 72% felt that their teen was distracted while they're on their phone so just just some interesting numbers i mean i think but i think here's the here's the crux of it so
2: we're looking at all this i know we're kind of over the board but again if there's any doubt from the awareness campaign that your ads are not sure or or should not be running on social media to start maybe gaming platforms if you're trying to build a groundswell with with a youthful audience you're you're completely missing the boat Mm -hmm. throwing ad dollars towards tv throwing ad dollars towards radio i believe there's a time and a place for it But people on their phones. It's they're on their phones. They're not watching. They're not sitting around watching TV. And if they are watching TV, what's on that TV? Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, and so forth. While they're on their phones. Exactly. (laughs) While they're on their phones. So it's just. I think this report is good. It just kind of really feeds into the whole mentality that. It, uh, for the first time in advertisers' lives, this is a really difficult period to, aver- to try to get in front of mom and dad, um, and it's something that, where again, if you're not leading the way via social media, you're not doing it right.
1: Yeah, there's actually—the the third point we were going to kind of talk about um, was—and we're only going to touch on it because we're running a little long on time here—is um, how— you know, social media and how mobile devices and things like that have changed the way that people are, and parents in particular are purchasing. Um, here's a here's a chart that feels very like obvious, but it's nice to have some numbers. It's uh, U.S. mothers versus fathers who agree that the internet has changed the way they get information about products services. Seventy nine percent of mothers and seventy five percent of fathers believe that the internet has changed the way they that's not right. a really right question yeah <laughs> I know it's just, I mean it's good to have the number I'm shocked uh, that there's 20 to 25% of mothers and fathers who don't think that because I mean the internet's changed how people communicate all it's a little like completely, basically. Um, <laughs> It's like uh, yeah, How yeah. many people believe the car over the horse has changed the way we commute every day? Um, so uh, in this report, Catherine Cullen gets quoted. Uh, she's the Director of Industry and Consumer Insights at the National Retail Federation. Uh, she has a good quote going to what you said, Len, um, talking about parents, quote, these are time-crunched people. Having someone send you a bunch of stuff that's curated for you can be really easy when talking about getting boxes shipped directly to you. Uh, in the cases of products for children, it can also yield a fun unboxing experience uh that's a lot more appealing for parents of young kids than dragging them somewhere through a store um i think when you can also extend that to different sort of like we talk about like amazon suggesting you products and things like that like anything i mean we talked about when we talked about instagram purchase just last week mm-hmm. you know anything to make it easier for these people to buy things because they either don't have time or the time that they have spent already on it. You know, they have to balance all these things in the consideration stage, stuff like that. Um, just something to, to keep in mind. Um, let me look through these charts one more time. Uh, uh, one final point, us mothers versus fathers who agree that they are more likely to buy products they see used or recommended by friends on social media. This is from August, 2018 mothers are 34.8%. Um, so that they would uh, be more likely to buy products they sell, used, or recommended. Fathers were only 18.3%, and the total adult population was 20%. So if you have a product that you're marketing towards moms, uh, and uh, you're, you're in need of some good advocates there, because moms are more likely to agree um, that a product is... Um, better if somebody's if one of their friends is suggesting it so well thank everybody for listening to today's episode of the buyer's journey check us out on comexus.com youtube and anywhere you can get your podcasts and please follow us on twitter at buyers underscore journey thank you for listening